Yo, what's happening, man? Yo, they trying to come down on the ATO when we speak. They say we on the negative tip. What's up? Now, I'm going to kick away our style that's smoother than usual. It's from above the law, so see it's crucial. High beats are kicking and ripping, yo, with a funky touch. It's done a ruthless way, so see it's too much. D-O-P-E, please don't misdefine it. That's the way that I live, and that's the style of my rhyme. That's on time, it's like a... Things up to come, but are we ready to start? Uh, yeah. Let me write down the time just a second. Okay. Whenever you're ready. All right. So Tyler, there's a really careful build-up to how this all begins. So we basically okay. just. All right. This is the Advanced After Combat Podcast. It's a podcast about war games, our experiences playing war games, and war gaming in general. Uh, this is an explicit podcast that's brought to you by myself, Dave, uh, my co-host Jason. Hello. And our mystery guest, uh, who we select from our guild each month, and uh, this month, our, our our mystery guest is Tyler. Hello, welcome. Thanks for having me. So, Tyler, you're one of our our Northwest guys who came on a little bit later, but you guys have definitely been big big participants in the guild. So, uh, long overdue to have you on as a, uh, a guest host. Yeah, happy to join you guys. All right. I'm, I'm uh, up up here in Seattle with uh, uh, Mike Toot and Pete and Jeff Newell and uh, the uh, um, the uh, one and only Ralph. That's right. One and only. Oh, probably some other folks too. Now, uh, there's a couple questions that we ask all our mystery hosts, so uh, I just wanted to get those out of the way real quick. You ready, Tyler? I'm ready. Uh, Tyler, what, what's your bench press? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, on, a, on a good day, probably, uh, probably about one, 130. Nice. <laughs> okay. All right. You and me both, good. buddy. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Not much of a weights guy. I'm more of a squats kind of guy. Yeah, I can I can bench 140, but whatever. That's fine. Nice. So, there we go. Uh, first sexual experience. How old were you? um what what base are we talking about here i'm just saying first sexual experience tyler don't read into it okay Uh, 17 liar are you telling me your first sexual experience you were 17 years old is that old or young dave i were you alone or were you with someone (laughs) else my 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 first my first sexual experience involving um the the genitalia of another person. That's not the question, Tyler. <laughs> Would have been seventeen. <laughs> that wasn't 17. the question. <laughs> there's no there's no there's no shame. There's no shame in it. Self exploration. It's okay. All right. Um. Uh. Favorite war game. What's your favorite oh, war game? Man. Um. You know, probably. I mean, it's. Um. It's kind of a kind of a tough one. Probably Normandy forty four. Um, but I have to say, I haven't played a whole lot of war games. Um, I'm kind of a, kind of a neophyte. My, uh, my path to war gaming, uh, took me through Twilight Struggle about, oh, seven, eight years ago, and then on to Paths of Glory. And it wasn't until, um, maybe three or four years ago that I realized that there was this world of war gaming beyond, say, Risk and Axis and Allies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm way behind a lot of you guys, but, um, 
Normandy 44, and I'm a really big fan of the lock and load system, although it's kind of uh, um, fallen on, on yeah. hard times. Rest in peace. In favor, uh, with, with a lot of us of late. Yeah. So, so, uh, so was there a period like when you were younger that you were into games, or was it just some kind of something that, like, like a lot of guys, we're into it when we're young, and then we have a period where we're kind of figuring out what we're going to do as a career, and so we were focused on that, or women, or whatever, and then there's a kind of a, a renaissance that comes later on, uh, maybe when you have some more disposable income and some free time, and an extra room in your apartment, where you start to say, hey, maybe I'll... What what kind of was there some phase like that or was it kind of something where you just discovered this stuff late later on? Um, I really did discover the stuff later on. I was out of college before I even um, got into anything more more detailed than Axis and Allies. Uh, when I was a kid, my brother and I would play Axis and Allies. We played a lot of computer games, and some of those I would now think of as um, war games. Uh, Sierra Games put out um, Robert E. Lee Civil War General and Civil War, Ge- Civil War Generals 2, which was basically a computer hex encounter game, um, turn-based, um, Civil War, obviously. Um, and I played a lot of that when I was a kid, um, but that was really the closest I got um, until I walked into a game store in my neighborhood um, in Seattle shortly after college and pulled Twilight Struggle off of the shelf and started learn more about GMT games and the games that they put out. And, you know, the cart, the CDG mechanic led me to paths of glory. I got that game at the same store. Um, and from there I put in a P 500 for red winter, which was my first proper hex encounter war game, which came out, you know, what, 2012, I think. Wow. Uh, so see, that, that is, that is pretty, I mean, nice. I, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm very new to this, this stuff. So, so when you grabbed uh, when you when you grabbed the game off the shelf, did you have a friend you could explore it with, or were you just kind of like, I'm going to check this out and see what's up with this? So I was I was living with a few guys at that time. This, this was kind of the just out of college. Everybody, you know, just kind of looking for a job, um, not really onto a career path at that point. Um, so I, I played it a couple of times with some buddies. Um, really liked it. I, I, I still really love Twilight Struggle. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't really want to get into the, you know, is it or is it not a war game conversation, but it's definitely one of my favorite games. And I think it models the, the Cold War, uh, like the tension and uncertainty of, of the Cold War in, you know, very elegant, um, interesting way. Um, and, you know, played that for a few, a few times, you know, really got into it and, wanted to see what else was out there. And that led me to Paths of Glory and then on to, um, you know, the rest of the GMT catalog and then on to some of the other publishers from there. That's a big leap from Twilight Struggle to Paths of Glory. You know, I, I in hindsight, I think it was at the time I was, so I'm, I'm a really big World War One buff. Okay. And so I just looked at the game, saw that it was card driven and said, yeah, sure. I like this card driven game. I'm going to give Paz of Glory a try. Cool. And it was, so, it's definitely a more complicated game, but, um, and, and I haven't, I haven't had, had the occasion to play it with as many people. It's harder to get people to play Paz of Glory than Twilight Struggle, as you can probably imagine. But, but you had like a base interest in military history. Oh yeah. Yeah. Since I was a kid, I've been interested, um, in mostly American, 
American military history. The Civil War, I was really interested in um, all all through uh, my like my you know adolescent to teen years. Um, World War One, I, I got more interested in. Um, in, you know, later in high school and into college, and uh, and World War II, of course. So, what do you think you get out of the war games? That kind of so you you already have this interest in history. What do you think you get from war games that kind of coincides with this interest? Are you is there some kind of pleasure? Like, I guess, what's the pleasure you get out of playing a military history war game? Sure, um, and you know, it definitely depends on the game. Um, when I'm playing a game like Combat Commander, I really enjoy it for the sake of, of the game and the limitations that it puts on the player. And, and the history is more like a theme, right? I mean, I don't think I don't think Combat Commander, and we had this conversation on the guild, but I don't think that Combat Commander is all that instructive of, you know, World War II uh, small unit tactics beyond some very basic stuff. Um, right. But when I dig into a, a more complex game, and you know, I, I say complex with with scare quotes, like you know, like a, a Normandy forty four. Um, I'm I'm more it, it, I'm more interested in learning about um, the operation that the uh, that the game models. Um, it's almost it's almost like a, another way of digesting the history. Yeah, I'm not willing to say anything bad about Combat Commander because no, I'm worried no. I'm going to be stabbed to death. <laughs> Especially at, stabbed to death at uh, Thompson World. Yeah, like Julius out. Caesar. Yep. I think they're all going to come and slash me to death at the social. So I think Combat <laughs> Commander is a great game. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's, it's a great game. game. Where are the guys of Rick? It's a very fun game. <laughs> it's, like, it's wonderful. You guys are totally right. Uh, but yeah, so I, I guess for me, there's there's two aspects of the military war game. One is uh, when you play the game, maybe you get a feel for the limitations and, and kind of the struggles that, like, if I'm playing Beyond the Rhine uh, with OCS, I can really feel with the Germans how difficult it is to get supply through certain areas and you start to understand why they had the problems they had. The other side of it for me is there's an aspect where I, I kind of like to see if I uh, if the model works and the game works to recreate the history, if I change certain things certain inputs, can I change history? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like those are two, for me, those are my two prongs for how I enjoy military war games. And that's yeah, kind of what absolutely. I'm asking, I guess. Like, yep. like which part of that, do you like the, hey, maybe this time I can, Lee can win at Gettysburg, or do you just like playing and saying, this is why Lee couldn't win at Gettysburg? Or, or, or um, is it both? I, I do you think like to change little, history? I do would... Do you want to take the underdog and see if you can win the battle that the guy lost? I, I do. I do tend to root for like regardless of, of side. I tend not root for, but when I'm when I'm playing solo, I tend to be more interested in whichever side historically lost. Sure, sure. To see to see if I can do do better than than historically. I wouldn't be that interested in a game that is is so accurately modeled that there's no way to change history. <laughs> that it's, sure. that scripted, it's, it's terribly purely, scripted. Right, that it, that it's purely a, a study of of the battle. I mean, I would I would rather read a history um, to get that kind of information. So I, I mean, I do want you know I want to have enough control and flexibility to be able to um, you know experiment within the confines of the game and and within some of the limitations that the um, that the commanders themselves faced. But I'm also not playing anything. Uh, I, I haven't I haven't played any OCS. I haven't played anything that you know, really attempts to simulate 
logistics and and some of the uh, um, you know the, the greater complexities of warfare to be able to to say that I'm I'm looking quite for that level of detail. Yeah, but I think the detail doesn't necessarily mean that you you can't get a feel for the the you know the limitations or the the challenges. Sure. Side faced. I mean, Paz of Glory is a classic example because uh, you have the whole struggle between. Uh, which, you know, fighting on different fronts and trying to change your deck, you know, trying to move on to the, the next level of mobilization. And there's a lot going on in that game. So, right. I was, I was interested in reading the, the designer notes for last Blitzkrieg. It was posted, I think that today, um, some, some of the stuff about supply and comparing it to OCS and those, um, supply point limitations really have me intrigued about the, uh, the BCS system in a way that I, I really wasn't all that interested until reading those notes. seems like, uh, seems like an, an interesting approach. Yeah, I hadn't, I haven't seen them. So I, I saw the link, but I didn't really check them out. So I'm busy prepping all my stuff for Consum world. So sure. Yeah. Give, give it a look. Maybe, you know, print it out, read it on the plane or something. I mean, is it like, is there some random aspect of the supply or is that what it was? So the, the thing, the big, the big thing that I took away from it, you know, with when you have a system that gives you a finite number of supply points, um, you can choose like, like in OCS and, you know, I, I'm saying this without really any experience in the system aside from setting up reluctant enemies once and reading the rules. Um, the, you know, a system like OCS, you have a finite number of supply points and you can, you know, choose to feed your, um, your uh, most valuable assets and and let weaker units in the back of the line kind of starve and not worry about supplying them. Um, mm-hmm. In BCS, and it's it's not really clear to me how it works in the system, but it sounds like there's there's some un, there's some uncertainty in the logistics system to where um, you know, you can ask units in the line to do things um, like to to set objectives. Um, for all of your units, but um, there's there's some uncertainty or some chaos in how well equipped they'll be, um, in what supplies will be available, and you know both ammo and fuel rather than um, just one type of supply point, um, and that 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 uncertainty it attempts to model the um, like the the unexpected supply sh- shortages that commanders had to deal with. Um, you know, with like the boxes of ammo that just didn't show up that were that were called for, or or you open the crates and they're all berets. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> that. So it sounds like there's there's a little little bit of that going on, um, uh, which yeah, I'm I'm, in, I'm intrigued. No, I, I yeah, I I kind of seen some rumblings about it, but I really didn't know. And I saw the BCS came out. I thought it was pretty much just going to be another uh, like medium version of TCS, you know, some kind right. of between system to let them model different battles. But right. All right. Well, that sounds interesting. All right. So we have a quiz, Tyler. Okay. You don't have to take this quiz, you right, have Jason? Take, you have to take the quiz. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will. I will take. This is this is the you know the monthly uh, time honored rite of masochism for the, the guest host. Mm-hmm. So I will, yeah, I will, is, I will, I will take the quiz. This is where we lift the flayed man above the dreadfort. <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> yes. Okay, so you are volunteering to take the quiz. Do your worst. And obviously, any complaints about the quiz or should it obviously be directed to Braxton. 
Lee Braxton loves him. He, he's doing does, good work. Does, does Nothing but praise. He's really excited, I think, when we don't record successfully because then he's like, sweet, you can redo that <laughs> quiz <Reuse> again. That <laughs> one. So this is a brand new quiz. So, okay. God, he even labels it. June 2015. He's the best. He is the best. He's getting 100%. 100% salary raise. Looking forward. Looking forward to what, next what's week. What's the format? Are we talking Word document or Excel spreadsheet or... PowerPoint, um, maybe? How's he got this laid out for you? It, it looks Word. It looks very okay. Word. Okay. All right. So so basically there's uh, – oh, he's even – the thing has evolved so much where now there's three questions, and then we go right into bonus. So, nice. And don't don't ask his questions about what the bonus – who gives a fuck what the bonus means? Yeah, it's just it's, a bonus. Basically, it all counts, just like in real life. <laughs> okay. So question number one. Okay. And some of these are questions, and some of these are orders, but I'll just read them. (laughs) Except for the M4 Sherman, name five. So basically, the Sherman doesn't count. Name five, and and Jason will probably say, I just gave you a hint, but no, that's in the question. Name five U.S. battle tanks, not including, oh, God, this is complicated, armored personnel carriers or or fighting vehicles, which I think basically we're saying like half-tracks and stuff. Yeah, just tanks, yeah. and after World War II that are named after U.S. Army colonels or generals. So after all my uh, my little editorial comments, let me just clarify it for you. Okay. Five U.S. battle tanks, not the Sherman, during, served during or after World War II that are named after U.S. Army colonels or generals. Colonels or generals. Okay, so I'm... Do I have to give you like the model name and number, or just, just no, the general name? name of the just, general. Just why, why take Sherman? Like, uh, leave the softball in. Hey, there. it's it's the intern's quiz. It's the intern's quiz. I, I I won't I won't blame him. So I'm I'm pretty sure the Grant is one. Correct. And uh, the Abrams is correct. Abrams. Yep. Okay. And 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 so, Tyler, we we ask that you be a little more affirmative and confident. <laughs> sure. I, no, I, I don't want to. I don't want to Ralph you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the Ralph technique of question <laughs> right. answering. Okay. So the grant. I like when people become adjectives. <laughs> don't don't Ralph um, the quiz. That's right. Well, he's he's already a verb, but not for a good reason. Right. Ralphing's already out yeah. there. Right. Love you, Ralph. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot and say the Roosevelt. Wow, so, so no, they did not name a battle tank after a guy. No, I'm not going to say it. All right. Mm. Uh, so that's you, that's two out of three so far. Okay. Three guesses. There was no Roosevelt tank. There's no Roosevelt. Okay. Um, looking backwards to the Civil War here, who would they have? Um. And this is not just, it's during and after World War II. But obviously, right. pick the Abrams, so you know that. So, Right. Yeah, I've never been much of a treadhead. This is actually a pretty good question. Yeah, no, this is a great question. Yeah, it's not super obscure. No, yeah. it's good. It's solid. Good job, Braxton. Yeah, way to, way to go, Braxton. Go buy yourself uh, a <laughs> shot of sauerkraut juice on the house. <laughs> <laughs> Colonels or generals? Hmm. 
uh, people are on their oh. morning. Also, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, sorry about it's that. Not just the, the, have, have fun at work. I, the, I think I got one. The the, the, Pers- like, the Pershing is correct. Yes, World War One history comes comes reform. Um, so and I, think, I, sorry, go ahead. You have one more. One more, right? Um, oh, let's let's try the Sheridan. Correct. Nicely done. Hey, all four right. out of five. Cool. Okay, question what number were, two. Okay. Don't milk the moment. We all have. <laughs> you'll come back. We, we got. We'll win right back. Right. No, question number two. When Napoleon escaped from Elba in March 1815, sixteen nations and kingdoms allied together to form the Seventh Coalition. Besides the United Kingdom and Prussia, name five kingdoms or nations that were part of the Seventh Coalition. So besides the UK and Prussia, name five kingdoms that were part of this coalition. Um, the Netherlands or the, the Dutch? Mm-hmm. Belgium? Incorrect. Um, incorrect. Okay, interesting. Um, I think at that point, Belgium, the Belgians were not necessarily independent. Not quite a country yet, right? Yeah, they sure. were kind of part okay. of Okay. Um, the, uh, the Habsburgs, uh, the Austro-Hungarian. Oh, for fuck's sake, Tyler! There's some there's some gigantic low hanging fruit on this one. I think <laughs> I, am, I am not I am not with the Napoleonics. I got okay, I'll take Austria. <laughs> You're making this way too yeah. complicated. Austria, Austria. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that was a hint. So Hungary. <laughs> Are you guessing Hungary? I'm guessing Hungary. Yes, that's incorrect. Okay. Because I, it's, it's basically Austria. I'll Aust- tell you what, I'm not even going to mark that as a So I should also note that I don't ever see these things. So I'm, okay. I'm taking the quiz along with the guest. So for so all the listeners, I don't, I don't see the thank quiz. Thank you for your support, now, Jason. Yeah. I'm just trying so, to help. So, so while you're guessing Hungary, you did guess Austria-Hungary. So I will give you Austria as a correct answer, and I will not count Hungary against you. I agree. But, do not guess like the Tyrol or any other areas of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Okay, got it. Um, how about Poland? No, Poland was actually an ally of France, so I don't think. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Number um, Alski. Uh, Russia. Correct. Okay. It's always a good bet to pick the most gigantic land power in Europe. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So that's not bad. That's three out of five. Okay, cool. Doing well. You're above 500. Cruising along. Question number three. During the second day of fighting at the Battle of Gettysburg, the Confederate attack plan focused on advancing on the Union left and right flanks while engaging the center of the Union line. Gosh, Braxton, this is one of his best quizzes (laughs) ever. Name five of the hotly contested geographical areas that were fought over that day on the second day of Gettysburg. Okay. Yeah, this is is a great one. Uh, So Little Round Top. Yes. Culp's Hill. Yes. Devil's Den. Yes. The Peach Orchard. Yes. And Big Round Top. No. 
What? Big Round Top was never fought over. Okay. You well, would I, thought, I thought you were rolling. The other I answers was were the other answers were uh, the Wheat Field, Emmitsburg Road, Cemetery Ridge, and Cemetery Hill. Oh, yep. uh, yeah. I thought for sure you were just going to Cemetery Ridge was the one. Yeah. Just like Long Street. I thought you were going to just plow right through all your objectives <laughs> and make it you know you stopped and, and it didn't work out. In the final I'll take four out of five. That 45 ain't bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, and let me ask too. So, Tyler, what are you drinking today? Um, I have got a the uh, Asgard IPA. Jason? Uh, Kentucky Colonel. It's rye whiskey and Benedictine. Wow. It's good nice. stuff. Nice. Yeah. I did uh, I did the Lagunitas something something, something, for, my, something. for my preload, and then now I'm on a Newcastle Brown. Mm, classic. In, in honor of our, uh, <laughs> our United Kingdom emergency room physician who likes to post on our guild. Yes, he is a riot. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to the bonus question. And Tyler, by the way, you're doing great. You're really smoking. Yes. Good job. Uh, during Operation Market Garden in World War II, numerous intense clashes between Allied and German forces centered in or around, excuse me, <laughs> you, and me you and me both, five strategically important bridges or river crossings in the Netherlands. Name these five bridges or towns where these bridges were located. Oh, so geez. Operation Market Garden, yeah. there were clashes. Important bridges or river crossings in the Netherlands during Operation Market Garden. Go. Um, Arnhem. Got it. Ni- I I can't pronounce this one, but like Nijmegen or whatever. Yep. Nijmegen. Nice that's really good. Yep. You know, uh, Jeff Jeff will give me a hard time about the pronunciation. No, that's, that's correct. Oh, believe me, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> Screw him. Oh, and and now I'm just now I'm going to grind to a halt. Um, yeah, the other ones are going to be hard. Yeah. Unless you play Devil's Cauldron. If you play Devil's Cauldron, you will know one of these. Absolutely. I know. I, like right now, uh, Ty, Ty Snoofer is screaming mm-hmm. at, his, at his laptop or on his headphones or wherever he's listening. Oh, he, yeah. He knows all these. Yeah. Um, I. If you don't think you know them Stonewall at all. Stonewall Jackson then... Memorial. <laughs> okay. So feel, feel free to just surrender at this yeah, point. Yeah. I, 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 I yield. I, I do want to hear them, though, Dave. I, yeah. I'm the, curious, too. The big one that I would have maybe gotten is Oosterbeek. Hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, then there's Weichen or Edith Bridge, Eindhoven, Vagel. Eindhoven, that's the one I was thinking okay. of. Or Bailey Bridge. So okay. so overall, we're looking at 6, 13. Three, 10, 13 out of 20. That's really good. That's Nicely respectable. Done. Okay, I can hold my head up high. Yeah, I mean, somebody got a zero once, so that's really good. <laughs> And it was so that Jason actually deleted the podcast. <laughs> Just to save <laughs> face. You didn't want to embarrass him. So. That was kind. Kind of. You so I, yeah. I, I recently went on a uh, uh, vacation. Uh, I don't know if you guys have. You, you guys ever been to the Caribbean? No. I have not. I've been oh. out of the country one time, and that wasn't pleasant. I went to St. John, which is an island in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, absolutely incredible. Down there? Uh, no, different island. Okay. Uh, he went to Jamaica, which is a horrible island to go to. Uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands is cool because it's still the U.S., so you don't even so need no a passport, passport to go there. Nice. But, but so basically, you go into St. Thomas, and uh, 
you, you then uh, have to take a taxi and then you take a ferry over to St. John's. So like St. Thomas is kind of still like island stuff where they're like, hey, ma, whatever, like the service sucks and the, the people are, you know, they're they're like island people kind of. It's all island time. And you get to St. John and it's all like about tourism and making sure everything's squared away and the food's great and the drinks are good. It's all about business. So we loved it. And all the there's like no kids. So we went without our kids. So it was a great vacation. But the funny thing about St. John, and I just wanted to mention this, is, you know, like, so it's like uh, two-thirds of the island is a national park. So you can kind of rent a Jeep and drive around on the island and check everything out. But you'll go to, like, bars in St. John. And uh, so, like, you're like, yeah, I'll get my bill, okay. And, and so uh, clearly you've driven to this bar. It's in, like, Coral Bay or whatever. It's remote. And they're like, uh, do you want a beer for the road? Nice. And I was like really like this it, we're in america right like i can just get a rowdy and just like you're encouraging me to like just that is awesome because that the idea is, there's no there's no traffic lights on the island so really they're kind of like and you have to drive on the left side which was why i was kind of like hey oh that's weird but i was kind of yeah. like so I'm not gonna have any kind of drinks and trying to be driving because you know you'll pull out and just like pull out the wrong yeah because not you're not a top about it. game, right? So but I was like, no, no, I'm good. And they're like, really? Because totally, we'll just sell you a beer right now, and you could just go right in your car. And Like, I saw a taxi driver walk out of a bar, chug his beer, and then get in his taxi and drive it off. Like, and he, was like a, he was like across from the post office. Like, the police station was right there. But it's just different lifestyle. So, sure. But St. John, great, wonderful. We, we had a great time. Not sure if it was because there were no kids there, maybe. Maybe because we bring our kids. Oh, that does help. Might have had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah. So I recommend it. And uh, I also got recently from my uh, my uh, wife. Apparently, my wife still remembers from ten years ago uh, when she when we had our wedding and my wife was walking down the aisle. She had this feeling like I would start crying, like when I saw her. Like, are you guys? You guys are Tyler. You're married, right? Yeah. Yeah. When when your wife walked down the aisle, did you cry? I did not cry. I was I was smiling. I was happy. Right, I didn't like see her before, before the ceremony. It was great, you know, but I didn't cry. And I was trying to make sure everything was squared away. Like I had to go out there. I knew what she planned. Jason, did you tear up when your wife? Uh, I got married in my living room, um, <laughs> <laughs> literally. Um, and. and <laughs> Toward the end, you know, I got a little misty, but I didn't. I didn't cry. Your current living room. So or it was a dream room? wedding. You're telling. You're telling. Well, it's not, you don't even live in that living room anymore. <laughs> no, right. But but in the in the condo we lived in at the time, we got married in our in our living was room. Performed over the internet, like via Skype, or was there like actually a? Uh, no, it was it was her pastor's or it was her mother's minister who who did it. We, Let I, me ask my, you. This, I, like, I'm her. I'm her third marriage, and she's my second. So it's not like we needed the the whole thing. Let me pose it to you this way: When she walked out of the kitchen, and in, we walked down together. Did you too? <laughs> we we walked up. I was wearing jeans. It was all good. And then we went to uh, Greek food afterward. So no cheering. So so no, I didn't cry. No so I guess I got a little. Missing. I guess I I never realized that my wife was kind of sore about the whole thing, but she had kind of expected that when 
I mean, my, my wife's a beautiful girl. I, I hit way above my average to get her. So when she comes down, she thought I would kind of like tear up. And I'm not really a guy who cries. But I guess what I never realized was she mentioned it when we got back from the trip. What really upset her is I didn't cry at my wedding. But then when we were on our honeymoon, we, we were watching a commercial about a dog. And I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> It was like one of these, uh, like about dog food or somebody loving the dog. Like I started water. I'm like, oh my god, this is. So sad. <laughs> she, got the, she still remembers that. She's like, oh yeah. Oh, that's so so she's telling my girl. Please, she's please like, tell oh, me yeah. it's the commercial where the where the dog chases the stagecoach into the kitchen. <laughs> Dude, I was like, I don't think for me, like I'm a guy, like it slipped my memory. But she's like. She tells my yeah. daughter, she's like, oh, yeah, your dad didn't even cry when I came down the aisle. But then on our honeymoon, he was crying over this dog commercial. So That's so funny. Did you cry when your girls were born? Mm-mm. No? No? No. That's, that's, that's my big grill now is, are you going to cry when, when the baby's born? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I cry over stuff like, I guess TV. TV gets me going sometimes, like the animal stuff will always get me like I I'm very into dogs and I like my dogs. So, uh, not my current dog, my current dog, uh, recently my wife asked me to come inside to talk to her real quick. And I'd been kind of petting my dog. I have a, like a 10 month old pup. And then as I turn, she ate my, my, (laughs) she ate my copy of beyond the Rhine rules. Oh. And, and here, this is a classic gamer moment. So I turn around, I look back, I'm like, what the fuck? And I run outside and she has, you know, so I had, I had the, the 4.1, uh, OCS rules and I had the game specific rules on the table and I had my iPad and my reading glasses and I kind of gone and talked to my wife. So this is a classic gamer moment. So I'm like, first, my first thought is, Please let her have eaten the OCS rules and not the game-specific rules with all the scenario reinforcements and everything on it. So I run out there, and no, she's got the the game-specific Beyond the Rhine rules that she's basically devoured an entire corner off of. And now she's trying to run around the yard, like, play keep away with it. So I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to fucking kill this dog. I'm so angry. So basically my entire family ran away. Like, they're, like, so afraid of me at this moment because I'm so enraged. And I'm, I'm not a guy who gets really angry, but... Uh, I storm upstairs, I get online, I go on to the, the MMP page, I look, go to the gamers, and I make sure that that, that game-specific rules is still available online in a PDF form. It is. And then I walk downstairs and calmly handle the situation. Nice. <laughs> like, with all my rage, I was like, I'm immediate. you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go upstairs right now and check and see if that's available online in a PDF form. Because... But thank God the gamers have everything online, so mm-hmm. it's not a total loss that the dog ate it. Though later on, um, as I'm then explaining to my wife what happened, I turn around and see the dog then pull the iPad off the table, smash mm. the glass first down on the floor, and uh, never found out where my reading glasses were. But the next day, my wife told me that the dog had the frames and was rolling around on her back in the grass on top of them, like like celebrating. So Wow. Yeah. Wonderful. Really good. She's, she's a pup. Gotta love pup. I guess. Not your favorite child. No. Gotta love him. Yikes. I thought it was funny that I was in such a, like, my wife was literally like, I've never seen you that angry in, your, in our entire marriage. <laughs> Yet my full focus was, before I kill anything, I'm now going to walk upstairs and get online real quick and get on the MMP website and see if these yeah. rules are available. <laughs> if can I, I replace it. them. I like it. <laughs> 
So have have you guys ever? We're going to Constant World. Uh, we are, Tyler. I know you That's guys have sure. Game On. Yes, we do. Um, sure. And actually, registration for Game On just opened this afternoon. So you guys should think about signing up for February. Yeah, it's uh, February fourth to seventh. Um, out in uh, Issaquah, which is kind of east of Seattle, uh, at the Holiday Inn, and wow. it's a really great time. It'll it'll be my fourth year going. Um, and nice. Pete, Jeff, and Ralph, and the guys, a um, few guys that are that are not um, guildies, uh, run the show, and yeah, it's a, a really great time. Actually, I think I I I would say that going to game on helped. Um, cement my um, interest in wargaming and in, in, uh, you know meeting other like-minded folks. So basically, you were playing games, and then at what point in your advancement did you go to Game On? Probably about let's see. The first one I went to was 2012, no, 2013. Yeah, it would have been within within a year of of playing the really uh, starting to play the more serious hex encounter games. Um, yeah. And they're going to restrict it to 150 people? 140, actually, 40. is what I just read. Yeah, they're, they're closing it at 140, which is really good. It's, you know, it's a good number of people. The philosophy is kind of that you're, you're one introduction away from knowing anyone and everyone who's there. They don't want it to get too big. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's just a, a really, really cool time. Really does, that, does that 140 include Jason and I? Or are we like, are we supernumeraries? I I think if we, we are never supernumeraries. Never. If you guys get get your uh, um, get your registrations in, and you will. What be the included. fuck, Tyler? We don't get any special privilege. We just have to we have to sign up like everybody else. Hey, don't you, you play ASL with Pete like what twice a week? Talk to the man. All right. <laughs> now you're gonna have some conversations. He'll set you up. But for, forty bucks for all four days—that's not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Just got to get up there. I'm not saying I won't pay. I'm just saying I don't think I should be included within the 140. But whatever. What do I know? <laughs> okay. It's it does say registration will be capped at 140 paid attendees. Oh, maybe we don't so have to pay. Get, maybe that's get what that free pass. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Invited yeah. guests. We'll yeah. speak. Special. Maybe we'll, guests, maybe we'll you speak will. at the convention. It'll be the highlight. Oh yeah, we'll have a podcasting one one. They've they've brought guests guest designers in before, so why not podcast hosts? That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah, that's gotta we gotta have some poll. Please. That's a scary Curious. world. <laughs> but yeah, so we're getting ready for Constant World. So right now I am gonna go uh I gotta work and then on Wednesday morning I will drive out to East Desert Buttfuck, California and pick up Campbell in some dirt lot where he'll be waiting for me. And then uh, we'll drive out to Arizona, but I've kind of gone over all my games. I've made sure that all the stuff I'm bringing is going to be squared away. It's a heck of a list. And uh, we're going to be uh, playing uh, Next War Taiwan and Next War Korea linked. So it's going to be Samur, Duck, Ralph, and I. Nice. Very nice. And the problem is Taiwan plays quicker than Korea, so uh, Samur and I are going to have some like side games. So I've got all that. Set up Shiny Path, Heroes of Normandy, a bunch of fun stuff that we can do. That's the way to do it. That side game saved our uh, <clears throat> our GTS game. Yeah, you gotta have you gotta be prepared to run a side game because especially if you're linked, because the other yeah. guys are struggling getting through their stuff. I mean, Korea I think is just gonna run a lot slower than mm. Taiwan. So, 
just more units. What about you, Jason? What's your schedule looking like? So we got the social planned. Got the social planned. So I'm playing Fire in the Lake and uh, Gunslinger on Sunday, Vietnam on Monday, uh, Duel of Ages on Wednesday with Campbell. Um, that's all I have scheduled for now. But yeah, looking for some open gaming. The so the social should be should be awesome. Yeah, we're gonna play some dice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. Weird. I don't care where we go, but we got to be able to roll dice on the tables. If it's something fancy yeah, that, where they won't let us do that, then that's going to be no. The handlebar, it's like stand up. And the tables have to be smooth enough be that good. you can pass your cup of Turkish to the next guy, and it's not going to change the dice. Because part of Turkish, is uh, yeah, yeah, okay. we should be good. So yeah. that's all I care about. Yeah, I tried to get that set up today, but they said unless you have like twenty five. You don't need a reservation. Hey, I, I saw on this uh, we'll sh- we'll I saw on this uh, Royal Caribbean ad. Do you know they have a robot bartender on one of their cruise liners? Nice. Have you nice. seen the thing? It's like a robot it's that like a... mixes all the drinks. Mm-hmm. You don't know no. that shit. I, I haven't seen that. Were like all... I'm, not, I'm not a baller like you. Like, dude, it's commercial. You, you, I get, you just don't watch much TV, I think. No, I don't. No. Tyler, what? I'm busy reading. Currently, Tyler, what's your favorite TV show? Um, still on the air, uh, The Americans. Oh, I have nice. not watched that at good. all. It, it is great. I've heard it's really What's good. What's the channel? Yeah. Actually, it's, um, it's on FX. And actually, so we, we recently, uh, cut the, cut the cord on our cable. Oh, and wow. Nice. Being able to watch The Americans is one of the compromises we might have to make. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't stream on Hulu. It's not on uh, on Sling or any of the other options, so we may have to get creative in keeping up <laughs> on it um, when it when it comes See, back on. My concern is that I'll miss out on my soccer if I yeah board. So that's my problem. Well, yeah, we just did that this week. You did cut, cut it off. Uh, yeah, Cox can Cox can eat a dick. See, I've got yeah, eighteen so yeah. What about you, Dave? What's your Besides well, we, uh, Gypsy Sisters. Well, I, I, I know I love my Gypsy Sisters. But you know what? It, it, I'm not watching <laughs> anymore. Gypsy Sisters is terrible now. So I'm watching uh, – what did I watch? I watched a little Veep. I watched a little Silicon Valley. Uh, oh, that show is so, so great. funny. I mean, dude, and it's funny because like back in 96, 97, I was out there when the, when it was just starting to take off mm-hmm. and I had friends who mm-hmm. were that. So it's funny to watch. You had friends who were nerds. Yeah, I have a friend who's now like a VP with Microsoft, making like sold his company to Microsoft for like thirty million dollars when he was twenty-four. Wow. <laughs> and then he still works there. Of course, he's he was last I heard he was running their uh, their cell phone department, which is not mm. super. Yeah. Successful. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, uh, Silicon Valley is kind of cool because I get the vibe from that, and uh, but Game of Thrones is huge. Game of Thrones, yeah. yep, that's good stuff. No spoilers. I'm only I'm only uh, through season two. My wife will text me throughout the day still, like that season ender. Yeah, she's still. Tyler, she's you never read the you never read the Game of Thrones books. I I read up through book four, but I so my understanding is that season five has really diverged or just like set new new ground. It's not in the books. Mm-hmm. Like things are happening and people are characters are are dying off that are still alive at the end of book five. I have to say honestly, I think the TV series is actually better than the books. Yeah, it's so good, and I, I didn't. Well, read the books, well in, the in the end, so good. In the past, like two books, 
it becomes a heavy read. The guy starts to yeah. drag a little bit, and you're like, can we please get back to this other character, you know? Yeah. Bo- the, pacing, three, the pacing suffers. Yeah, but book three, uh, phenomenal. Uh, book four kind of dragged, and I tried to start book five, and I just quit. I just got bored with it. Yeah, my my buddies read them all, and he said book five is just terrible. Yeah. He could, <clears> it's he a grind. It. I mean, basically, you just want to yeah. finish it. That's why you're trying to get through it. Though, I, though when the big uh, the big twist happens, you are. I did put the book down. And I was like, "Oh, motherfucker, you did it to me again." <laughs> yep. I, I thought after Ned Stark, you wouldn't do this to Kill me. Kill them all. <laughs> yeah, Kill them all. Yes. Yeah, so that's oh the the one we're, my, we're watching now is mine. By the way, is Marvels of, or Marvels of Shield? Agents, uh, Marvels Agents of Agents Shield. Agents. I. I I've heard some terrible things about that show. I don't know what it is. I fucking love that show. There's something there's, like just silly and campy enough about it. That I've I heard there's some bad episodes, but you got to just work through them. Season season one, it's like every other episode. There's like the pilot's really good, and then episode two is just terrible, and then episode three is pretty good, and then episode four is pretty bad. But season two is like really different. It's a lot darker, but I don't know something about how it ties everything together just. It, it tickles that, that nerd itch. Well, my wife and I now, we've started watching Outlander. Oh, yeah? Uh, she likes. Has she read those books? No. It's sexy time, right? Well, I don't know. Is that what it is? Jesus Christ. The, apparently, the books are like well, kind of well, kind of Fifty Shades of Grayish. Well, that's not bad. Kinda. I won't complain about that because I'm an older guy, so <laughs> stuff starts to slow down after a while. I mean, but, but we are, we are, in, I'm enjoying kind of a renaissance as far as that stuff. Like where like my wife will come in, like pounce like a panther occasionally. I'll be like, I'm in the middle nice. of a, like I'll be in my game room. I'm like, I'm in the middle of an nope. activation put phase. Put it down. Put it down. <laughs> it's literally just down. put the stack down. Put it down. That's why you use the flexi because then you use the dry erase marker and just write down. I'm like, let me just mark Reinforce, reinforce. Right. Gotta go. I thought you were going, going a different direction with the plexi comment there, Jason. <laughs> Mm, no, you can't you knock over all the stacks. Mat. That's gross. That's how you end up with uh, counters in your shower floor. That's not how that works. That's right. That's right. So I, can I, I, I however, give, am on the opposite end of that. Can I offer an honorable mention for a uh, favorite TV show? Sure. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. So Hannibal is uh, just came back for season three on NBC, and it's uh, really good stuff. A buddy of mine was telling me that, that it's amazing. It's, it's really good. I, I would... So, you know, everyone knows Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs, but I would say that uh, Mods Michelson is, like, the signature Hannibal Lecter for me at this point. Wow. It's excellent That's show. a bold statement. I, and I, yeah, I will, I will stand That's by it. That's a bold it. statement. I will stand by it. I mean, in, in hindsight, Hopkins is almost cartoonish with his with his portrayal. Mm. Mm-hmm. Compared to mods and his like very cold, calculating um, approach to the character, it's worth watching. If, I mean, if you're interested in Silence of the Lambs, if you if you if you've read any of the books, it's a great, great show. Yeah, and, and so one of the things I've noticed uh, when we're we're doing the podcast, and we've got new guys who come in and like kind of join up, and um, while some of us are playing a lot of games, there are a lot of guys who have games maybe don't play or don't know. Like, maybe a guy buys a game and has the game. Like, the Vietnam game I gave Jason, as a kid, I had that game for probably 20 years. I traveled with it. I had never actually played that game against, like, another human being until I found out about BGG, all this other stuff. Um, So 
I, I've become aware that there is a group of people out there, gamers, who maybe are like, they're kind of interested in board gaming, but they're like concerned about going to a convention or like, what's the first step you're going to take to play a guy? You know what I mean? Like, get on the guild. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I just want to talk a little bit about my first experience, which was horrible. So, uh, I was, I was new to Los Angeles and, you know, I, I kind of had some money in my pocket finally. And so I was like, okay, I kind of like war gaming. So I'd gone out to the, uh, Last Grenadier, which was uh, a local hobby store in Los Angeles. And, uh, they had like a bulletin board up. And so there was ads and, and, uh, the, the, the misstep sometimes is that the biggest ad, the, the, the most, the brightest ad is the douchiest guy. And I hadn't realized that yet, but there was a very like prominent, well-printed ad with like things you would rip off with his phone number. And there was an upcoming convention. So he's basically like, Hey, call me and we'll play. And, uh, so I was, I basically had never been to a convention, had never done any kind of war gaming. I'd, I'd done war gaming with like some of my like teenage friends, but as an adult, I'd never played. So this guy, it was like a miniatures game, like a civil war miniatures game. So, uh, it was a convention down at the LA airport. So I showed up. I was kind of like, all right, well, this is going to be interesting. Okay. And I'd already kind of seen the crowd. It was like a mixed crowd. There was a uh, war gamers, but there were also like LARPers and like role playing people. And like, it was just, it was all over the place. So some rooms were rooms where like you could basically could not enter in without like a, some kind of like gas mask or something. It was really bad. <laughs> and so, uh, I found the guy who I was supposed to meet up with, and this is right when email was just kind of starting. We were just email was not around for that long, and so uh, he basically told me who he was, and I was going to meet up with him, and he reserved a spot in the game. And uh, the guy was like, the table was beautiful, so they had this giant table with all the Civil War, American Civil War armies fighting, and and they had the rule sheets they gave me. The guy running the game was the biggest fuck. <laughs> it was like it was the worst experience to where after about an hour of kind of trying to play with the guy i was like and there were a couple other guys there um i was like i don't know if i can uh, do this much longer like i was just internally yeah. like I'm, I'm gonna leave and i ended up actually walking away from the table after about an hour and wandering around and then i found some guys who looked like they were having fun around a table and as I talked to him, I realized, I realized they were guys that were more like me. And I ended up making a bunch of wargaming friends with that group. But it was kind of like interesting that the first guy I got associated with was and it, later on now that I know the landscape of the wargaming community. That guy that I ran into was like one of the biggest dicks in like in, in basically like Los Angeles wargaming. But because he advertised and he and he. He would actually mm-hmm. do stuff where he would charge people to play in games, and then he would. Uh, this is, this is crazy. So he would. He had a game system where he would predetermine what the die results were going to be. So he's like, "We're not going to roll dice. We're going to like have uh, predetermined results." But because he was charging people, to, some people to play, and he had other buddies helping him, uh, he would try to rig the results so that the guys that were playing had the best time. Totally. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Oh my god. Horrible oh. person. But but so I, I. That's what Haggerty calls an asset. Right. So I mentioned it just to say uh, that you can have a terrible experience if you go in, uh, or even the way uh, Rick and I 
our experience, we went to concert. Mm-hmm. Well, the last year was Yeah, rough. we played, but that idiot. You cannot go into these things blind and just say, yeah, I'll just trust to the fates. And let's, like the first time Jason and I did that, that worked out really well when we had good guys yeah. that we played the Devil's Cauldron with. But you can't guarantee that. So you have to use the guild as a filter, meet guys through the guild, talk to them. And once you have a little love affair in the guild, then you go play on Vassal, and then maybe you meet face-to-face later. But yep. I mean, there's a process you can go through now. And I think don't don't be afraid of uh, of Vassal either. It took me a while to pick it up and and actually use it, yep. but man, yeah, it's it's a great tool for uh, for getting more gaming in. Or just even yeah, I, I was really intimidated by it. And then uh, Mike Haggerty and Tony Clifton actually were like, "Hey, you know, let's play something." And <clears throat> once you once you play that first game, especially live, from there it's like, oh yeah, it's just like you know. You, you learn little tips and tricks. Yeah. But it's it's almost just like... Well, and the combo of having Skype with with the Vassal yeah. is really great because yeah. you can totally talk while you're playing. Like when I first started doing Vietnam, I was playing a Billy Boy. And I, I think mm-hmm. my first games, I don't know if we played by Skype, but Skype is huge because then you can just chit-chat while you're doing it. And the guy will be like, hey, I don't think you can move there. Or, instead of having to type mm-hmm. everything to each other. So. Yep. So yeah, so definitely I would say don't be like ASL is a pain in the ass on Vassal, of course, because ASL is just generally a pain in the ass. So <laughs> ASL is like twice as hard to get set up on Vassal, <laughs> even though Vassal was like designed around ASL, <laughs> but yep. whatever. Uh, so it's it's more of a challenge. But uh, like when, when Pete and I play, we have Kevin come on every time. He's almost always hanging out with us when we play. Nice. <clears throat> That's awesome. Yeah, Vassal is, you know, like it's like eighty percent of my gaming these right. days. Oh yeah, I don't do any. I I do almost no live games because I think uh, I think our war games to go guy. I don't think that was a love connection. Mm-hmm. No, I wanted it to be, but I don't know. Sometimes you get a feeling. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. I I have a local guy here too, and. He's a super nice guy, but our schedules just don't don't agree, and so it's hard to. We got together like two or three times. We actually met at Consum World, and uh, it just. It's I'm hard. just not going to chase games anymore. I mean, nope. the nice thing about being in the guild nope. is I've got all these buddies now who I have regular game. The, the the hardest thing about the Combat Commander tournament for me to be in is I have regular games with like Ralph and Pete and. I have to cancel stuff if I'm going to do a tournament, and then hmm. yeah. you know, who? I mean, between making my Ralph mad or my wife mad, obviously I'm going to make my wife mad. Like that's, <laughs> but I'm trapped clearly between the two of them. <laughs> don't don't piss Ralph off. Oh, yeah. You won't live that down. So, uh, do we want to do uh, what? What games have you guys been playing? Yeah, what's everybody sure. playing? Tyler, what you got going on? So um, I uh, actually, uh, before I get into my review, review um, I just received the Battle of Tanga, 1914, the, the nice. new Egypt title. Nice. Um, and I was really hoping to get a play in so I could give you guys a review, but um, I had the best of intentions, but uh, just did not get to it this week. I started a new job last week, so I've been been uh, busy with life stuff. Um, but it, I mean, it, it looks, uh, looks like a really interesting, uh, design. Um, I have some, 
I have some reservations about a couple of the rules that just, you know, reading them, they, um, they seem like they're a little, uh, um, either, either scripted or maybe, um, re- restrictive, uh, just to like create a, uh, a sense of balance in the game. The opportunity fire rules are really strange. Um, and what, you know, for a scale, what's the scale of the game? Yeah. So it's, it's a company scale, um, uh, a tactical game, um, so our Germany, East Africa. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the, and in the British invasion of, uh, of Germany, East Africa, uh, November, 1914. Um, yeah. so it, it starts with an, with an amphibious assault, um, one hour turns, um, hexes, I think, are maybe a hundred meters, um, components are really nice. The map is beautiful. Um, unfortunately, they're not the uh, the counters are not the easy punch um, counters that really. Yeah, they um, they're actually a fairly poor die cut. Um, oh. Yeah, so so bad that I had to. Um, I, so I don't mind clipping counters. I really hate exactoing counters mm-hmm. off of the sprues. Right. And yeah, if you get this games game, we're looking at you. Yeah, if if you get this game. I mean, expect to spend a couple of hours with an exacto knife over the mm-hmm. counter sheets. Um, there's just not really any way around it. Um, this is like Lucas style with the pizza cutter. Lucas likes running the pizza yeah, cutter. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mama mia. Yeah. There's some interesting ideas in it. You know, uh, you have different formations that, um, um, as you take uh, disruption results, um, like a disruption is essentially like a, a break result. Um, or, or uh, units are eliminated. Um, you, you add points to the formation break point level. Um, and at a certain point, um, the, the entire formation will, will collapse and begin to route. Um, and when routing formations, routing formations can then trigger adjacent formations, um, to panic and retreat as well. So you can get these, um, cascading route effects. Right. Um, and and it takes time to recover uh, a routed formation, um, and a formation that routes twice is just eliminated from the game. Um, so it's, it, I mean, it looks like there's um, there's definitely need to um, you know shuffle your or shuffle your assets and um, you know keep keep fresh troops uh, forward in the line. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I'm 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 excited to give it a give it a try. Um, and the, and this game is not like card driven. This is a standard phase phase yeah. driven type game. Yep, standard. And, and are, are we talking like German officers over Ascaris, like basically like Ascari type units? Yes. Yeah, you've got so you've got Ascari troops, um, and I think some German troops um, facing off against. I think it's like one one battalion of. Um, British troops, and then the rest of the, the are uh, British troops are actually uh, Indian. And it was the the uh, it was the Indian Expeditionary Force um, that was sent. And they had one one battalion of British troops um, involved. There's some interesting stuff like uh, the the Indian how, troops how have. It, so generally, how does it look? Pretty. It, it, it yeah, it looks it looks very pretty. Um, the components are are really great. Um, the map is. Um, on par with with Legion's um, uh, best outputs, I think. Um, and you know, in, in reading the rules, like I said, I mean, there just there's some some parts, and I, I don't really want to pass any judgment without having played the game. But there there are some right. things in the rules just just make me say, uh, I wonder how that's actually going to work. Okay. So. Yeah. There. <laughs> 
their rules, unfortunately, tend to be like that. There's a couple, like, you read through them, and you're like, how is that going to work? Yeah. And then, well, you know, maybe it'll be fine once I... Once I'm moving pieces and, and and actually doing it, and still it's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, what what exactly are they trying to say there? I don't the the vagaries I don't really care for. Sure. And I'm you know I'm a I'm a sucker like I said for World War One. I'm a I'm a sucker for mm-hmm. obscure theaters. I like um, amphibious assaults. So I mean, the sound it's, it looks like a game that I'm I'm really gonna, going to be into, uh, but I haven't had the time to um, you know really uh, do it justice. Just yeah. Sure. All right. Cool. So. Uh, anything else you're playing, Tyler? Or? Yeah. So um, before uh, before Tanga, I was um, I was kind of on a little Simonich kick. Um, and I played the new, uh, the second edition Ukraine 43. Um, and then after that, um, France 40. So this is, I don't know if there's a name for this system. Um, it's, it's kind of like the, the 40, uh, the yeah. 40 system. It, it includes France 40, Ukraine 43, Normandy 44, Arden 44, and then the Caucasus campaign. Um, and, and I've, I've now played, um, Ukraine, France, and Normandy. Uh, Normandy is one of my one of my favorite uh, war games of all time. Uh, but I, I mean, I am a, uh, I really like amphibious assaults. I really uh, like airborne operations. So you know, Normandy is is going to be the, the mm-hmm. game for me. Have you, uh, you have you played Liberty Roads, Tyler? That's what I, I haven't. I, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> and you're not coming <laughs> to Constant World. <laughs> There's going to be like seven copies. I know it's. I mean, it's just, it's just sitting on my shelf waiting. It's so just, adorable. Oh, it's on your shelf at least. No, you're so adorable. It's so cute that you. It's so. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so the uh, um, the Simonich system, uh, you know, it's additional. Um, the, the different titles, um, vary a little bit in, in scale. And actually I think Ukraine is a little unique. Well, Ukraine and Cox's are both unique in the system in that, um, it's, I know, in, I know in Ukraine, it's like five day turns. Um, in the other games, you're talking 12 hour to one day turns. Um, Normandy is brigade scale. I think France is brigade scale. Ukraine is is mostly divisional scale, so it's it's a slightly slightly wow. different scale, um, and obviously much longer turns. Um, but it's it's really um, it's surprising how well the system can translate to that that larger scale in Ukraine, and yet work really well in in both France and Normandy. Sure. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, there's there's something about um, these these operational titles that just give me a, they give me a good sense of, uh, you know, commanding, uh, you know, a, a theater, uh, a theater of operations and having to put out little fires up and down the line. Um, right. So, so with this system, is this like an, like a attack strength, defense strength movement type system? Yes. Like for your, yeah. So you have like exactly a Okay. Yeah. And there's there's some asymmetry. Um, the in in Ukraine, um, the the Germans can stack uh, three units to a hex, um, next to only two units per hex for the Soviets, unless they've got um, uh, a Soviet um, army, uh, an army group can stack up to three. 
um, which, mm-hmm. which can give you some better attack and defense capabilities. Um, and it, um, it, 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 it plays, um, it gives you, it gives both sides a, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of tough decision making on, on both sides. Like where, you know, where am I going to, um, where, what, what are going to be my, um, my defense points? Um, where am I going to, uh, position my, uh, my troops for, um, for, for the attack, you know, how am I going to, uh, get around beyond the number of units? Is there any limit on resources? Like, like a, a main thrust of attack or is there supply or, or is it just basically you move units and that's where the main axis is? Right. Yeah. Supply is, is pretty much, uh, it's just a trace supply system. Um, you do have, um, air support, uh, um, which kind of vary depending on weather, um, but that's a, that's a finite resource each turn. And in Ukraine, um, the Soviets have artillery steps, um, which is a finite resource, and they they grant a, a favorable column shift and attack. Um, so that's something that the the Soviets need to manage. Um, one really cool thing about Ukraine um, is that the you've got I think uh, five. Hey, hey, Tyler, are we are we yeah. are we moving right into the review at this point? Well, yeah, that's fine. Much. You want to just review the well. game? Is, <laughs> just review is that it. cool? <laughs> yeah, let's I, review I, it. I thought I thought that's where we were. So, no, my wife kind of told me she goes, "If you yes. go," my wife said, "If you go over two hours, I'm going to kick your ass." So let's just go mm-hmm. right into the review. <laughs> okay, we will we will go right into the review. So, um, so I'm going to go make a drink. All right. Okay. So in. Uh, um, in Ukraine, the uh, as far as the, the supply system goes, the there are five army fronts for the Soviets, and um, they each trace supply to a railhead. Um, that as they as they gain more territory, the the railhead slowly moves up. But um, you will you'll eventually find that you're outgaining the the supply range for your for your rail hexes, sure. um, which causes you to spend your artillery points. Um, you get you get three artillery steps uh, per turn, but you can use one of those artillery steps to instead throw emergency supply forward for your advanced units that have kind of outrun um, the supply lines to keep them because they they've broken through or whatever. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so yeah, it's a um, I think it's a, it's a great system. I I really like the scale. Um, the I guess what what sets it apart from from other uh, operational games that I've played, um, the the concept of Zoc bonds in in all of the games is it's probably my favorite um, wrinkle in the Simonich games. Essentially, sticky Zocs. Yeah, no, so not exactly. Zocs are Zocs are actually fairly soft in in all of the games. You can move Zoc to Zoc. Uh, um, of an, an enemy unit, which is, um, at least in my experience, fairly atypical. Um, it does cost additional movement points to exit one Zoc, to exit an enemy Zoc, um, but no additional movement points to move into a Zoc. But um, in order to, to, to simulate defending a broad front, um, uh, friendly units can proje- project a Zoc bond in the the uh, gap between them. So if you have a, a one hex gap between two units, mm-hmm. um, it creates a, a firm bond that uh, you cannot uh, move into 
or trace supply into or retreat into or uh, face elimination. Um, and at that scale, I think, and, and for World War II, I think it really works because um, you don't need a unit in every hex to right. um, to defend a, a defensive front. Um, so basically it, a, a line of, of one guy every other hex is a solid line. Right. And it, it, um, it, it, it creates these, these difficult decision, decisions in game where, um, you know, maybe the terrain is not so favorable, but, you know, I really want to be able to maintain my line. So I'm going to expose a unit in clear terrain, um, to be able to keep, you know, Zoc bonds between units on either side. Um, and it, um, yeah, it, it just, it creates a, an extra, an extra challenge, um, to, to manage playing either side. That's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, what, what do you give the game? Um, so in terms of, of, uh, fun, I would give, uh, I'd give Ukraine on a, on a 10 scale. I'd, I'd give it maybe a seven and a half. Um, I'm, I'm not a big East front get East front guy. What? Uh, I know, right? Right? If so, if like if, if you're an types. East Front fetishist, if if you're an East Front fetishist, you'll probably love it. Um, for me, it was it was interesting to play a couple of times. Um, I think I I the Germans won both times. I just kind of ran, ran out of time as as the Soviets. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but you know, I'll, I'll I'll definitely give it another try. Um, in terms of beers. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's one, one rule system for all the titles. So, you know, I, I don't know, eight, eight nice. years, maybe. I like it. Um, it's once, once you've got the rules down, you can, you can really play everything. Um, I, I really would recommend Normandy 44 as, as a starting point, uh, to the system. Come on, Tyler, um, don't be pussy. I'm, <laughs> I'm, don't be bitch. I'm, I'm a little biased, but you know, you, the, the East Front fetishists will probably disagree with me. I would say that um, Cox's campaign, uh, just for like Kev Sharp is is playing that now, and there's some differences in that game. Um, there are no Zokbons in Cox's, and that um, I'd say that's probably the worst game to to start with for that reason, because I think the Zokbons are really what help help set the family apart. So the system- Normandy 44 looks super cool. So yeah, Normandy 44 is a um, I mean, it, it changes in scale a little bit, you know, like, uh, like, the for Zoc example, bond seems like a pretty big deal. The, the Zoc bonds are a big deal. The Zoc bonds are, um, you know, the, the, the reason I, I think why the, why the, the game, uh, is compelling. I mean, really it, it, it boils down to being able to, um, you, you know, defend those broad fronts, uh, in a, you know, creative way. Um, through the use of Zoc bonds and all, like all of the tension, not all of the tension, but a lot of the tension in the game relates to how you're going to be able to break the enemy's line, um, like with regards to the Zoc bonds. And the activation is phased. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all phase. So no uh, chip pull or anything like that. No, there's no chip pull, nothing like that. Um, Normandy is really fun because there there's some pretty robust. Uh, um, airborne drops, as you know, as you would expect. And oh, I'm sure, Tyler. I'm sure you thought it was very fun. <laughs> very so, excited. so I, I, I missed part of the review. But do you get to pick where you land? No, no. Oh, okay. get the yeah, fuck out of here! Oh my gosh! You don't get to pick. What year is this oh, again? My Lord. <laughs> oh 
Come on, Luke. So funny. Paratroopers dropped Jason, there, he's, rel- he's a new war gamer, though. That's a oh, it's adorable. It's so funny. Tyler, you are so adorable. I love <laughs> that you oh, love it. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. The, the system Rhodes, actually does look really Liberty good. Liberty Roads is moving up the queue for me, I'll tell you Oh, that. dude, are you kidding me? That is a must-have. Yeah. That's, that's like a top ten. For me personally, it's, if I had to pick, like, ten games you have to have, and I know you're not going to like one of them because you already said you don't like East, East Front stuff, but East Front 2 is a game that a guy has to have. I think that mm-hmm. a block game is a great Elegant, beautiful game, but Liberty Roads is right up there. That game is absolutely right a must-have. And See, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not averse to East Front games. I've got quite a few of them. I really don't like block games. No, but the the the, the point, I guess, with well, East Front is uh, a different type of game because I yeah, it doesn't way, play like yeah, the way it works is just different. But East Front's cool because you have a powerful tactical side versus a, a an equal like I, I get the feeling always with western front games like the germans are kind of better than the americans but you don't get the same feel it's more of a classic matchup between like a uh, tactically sound the east front is tactically sound uh clever versus a big brutal like like punch you in the face soviet opponent and that matchup is, I think, what appeals to me. Maybe because I got in a lot of fights when I was in school. <laughs> sure. I don't know which Still side. working through some stuff. And I don't think I was the Soviets. <laughs> <laughs> you were the Polish. But some of it appeals to me. Yeah, you're, you're the Italians. I like, I like that you can have a tiger tank on one side and like like a Stalin tank on the other side. You All the way from, uh, I just think the sides are well-matched. And I think the problem with my Western front uh, stuff, yeah, the sides are okay matched when you have a ton of air power and artillery and stuff. But really, if, if which is what Liberty Roads does right, really and well. the coolest thing, the 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 moment in Liberty Roads when you realize how cool the game is, is immediately when you start when you start planning your landings and you're like, holy shit, like this is important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I yeah, fucked this yeah. up. And don't be like me and like, well, you know, I, I can read these rules later. I'm just going to plan, plan my like, guys as out. The, no. As the allies, the critical moment Liberty Roads happens in like minute one <laughs> when you open yep. the rule book. You're like, you are balls deep from the get. You're like, Jesus, All right, I just it's... land on. You're like, do I land at Normandy? Like, I'd like to do something different, but I don't want to fuck this shit. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Next game I play after Tango. Yeah, you guys are convinced me. It's really good. It's it's great, and I'm not a World War II guy, but Liberty Roads is great. Awesome. Jason, what have, what have you been playing? So I've been playing Liberty Roads actually, uh, playing me. with Justin Justin from the Guild. Um, he yes. is thoroughly kicking my ass. He is the allies, and I am uh, planning my retreat um, back to back to the border as the Germans. Now we're about I don't know. I think we're on turn seven of twenty four. So. We're, you know, a third of the way about. Jason, are, are you going to buy Victory Roads? I already have. Oh, jeez! Wow. <clears throat> Pre-ordered, and and it's funny because we were talking about that. We were talking about the landings and all this stuff in our in our email chain, um, talking about you know landing in Amsterdam, landing in all these kind of weird yeah. places. Uh, he just landed in the Mediterranean, and he's he's got a two front war going on against me now. Um, but 
you know, hopefully there's some interesting hook like that to Victory Roads because the the landing like the best how part? interesting right. that is. That was the best part is of the game. So interesting. But even even some of the little stuff that they do, the how the airborne works, how the support points work and support um, markers work in Liberty Roads is so good. Are they saying they're gonna be, uh, they're gonna be linked? Yeah, you can link them. What did you say, Tyler? Uh, I didn't hear I'm, I'm curious, how does the airborne work in, in Liberty Road? So they're, for the U.S., they're, well, I guess for both sides, they're support markers that you can lay down. So you you put a marker on the map that says, basically, this hex and adjacent hexes to it are being, have have air power concentrating on them. And then it, it just adds a, multi, or not a multiplier, but a, um, a modifier to the column shift for the for combat taking place in in the affected hexes, and for the allies it's very effective. Like they have carpet bombing, which is plus five column shifts, so you could go into a battle and be one to one, but you have carpet bombing going on, so you have a six to one, you know, against a, a major city that that's fairly well defended, but all of a sudden you're at six to one and you just wipe the guys out because you you called in the fifty twos. Um, and then for 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 the Germans, there's support markers that that are also some air powers, some some fanaticals. Um, Monty is a chip, a support a support marker that uh, can either be really good for you or really bad for you, which is interesting. Yeah. It's it's a great game, and and I hope I hope they do some of that interesting stuff in in Victory Roads as well. <clears throat> uh, and then also playing uh, Warriors of God still with. Uh, Michael Haggerty of uh, Messy Game Room fame, and uh, I'm also getting my ass kicked in that game, which is a, a common theme for me playing games on Vassal. All right, Dave, what are you playing? Uh, I am playing. Let's see, I'm playing OCS with the Duck Karkov out of Case nice. Blue, which is a Case, wow. case Blue and Answer that many do. Are you guys playing play by email or are you playing play by live email. on Skype? Play by email. Wow. It, it's an answer that many guys, douchey guys, just give on BGG for any question that's ever asked. <laughs> None of those fucking morons have ever actually played the game. But uh, we're doing the Kharkov scenario, which is a great learning scenario. And I'm the Soviets, and Duck is the Germans. And he is absolutely handing me my ass right now. So what we'll do is we do a... Do you think his, his laissez-faire uh, internet personality is just a front to... so that he can he, he can get on games and just trounce people? He knows how to play OCS. Clearly. He knows how to play games in general. But I mean, like, Kharkov is kind of one who was set up initially big on a Soviet offensive, and of course the Soviet offensive was completely destroyed. And at this point, he's like, penetrated my, my attack, my offensive, destroyed all my headquarters... Like I'm desperately trying to get supply. It's it's bad, but but the cool thing about it was we're able to do it as a uh, play by email log, which then we distribute to about 25 guys oh, in the guild, right. so they can follow yeah. along and kind of see how OCS plays. Because Case Blue really brings OCS into its full uh, flow, where you see how everything works with the aircraft and the vast distances. And, and Kharkov is kind of a good one because it's an initial Soviet attack and then a German counterattack where you can see the high-quality German units just dice up the Soviets. So, so it's not just a BGG meme. It's actually a good game. Oh, no. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, for idiots, it's a meme. Guys who have never <laughs> played the game probably don't own it. Those guys are fucking losers. Uh, but for the actual guys who played the game, it's great. I mean, Case Blue is great. It's a great game. That's awesome. And if guys don't know, this is where a guy will come on and say, "Hey, can someone suggest a game? I'm just kind of getting started in wargaming, and I might, and I'm thinking of interest." Oh, case blue. My uh, my my seventeen uh, year old daughter has expressed some interest in gaming. They're like case blue. It's like, yeah. whatever. That's hilarious. You're so funny, or whatever. One one more reason. One more reason to stay away from from anything not a. Yeah, I would say anybody who has ever posted Case Blue as an answer to a question maybe shouldn't be allowed to be a guild member. I think I might have posted. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I, I may have done that once myself. <laughs> ironically, ironically. You guys are terrible human beings. Straight to the gulag. I am not not arguing oh, wow. that. So I had no idea that would come out. That's embarrassing. You have the higher ground there. Yeah, so I've been doing that. I did OCS. Uh, Pete Gate and I have been playing like a ton of ASL. Uh, we're in Kur- a ton of we're ASL. In Kursk. Crazy. We're in Kursk now. Uh, we left Stalingrad, and Pete's Germans are are just struggling to capture some buildings. I'm like guarding like a town in in uh, Kursk, and uh, he's got all sorts of combat engineers and weird guys who are trying to take the town from me. It's great. I can't. I want to post some pictures. Because I've got sneaky mm. guys hidden all over the map that you can't see, so <laughs> people want to see if Pete's going to have to post it. So the first time we played in this scenario, I did terribly. My dice were horrible, and it was really bad. But recently, I've gotten some awesome rolls, and the best was he had a unit of combat engineers that ran out in the open, and I guess Pete didn't realize I had line of sight to him, and I completely <laughs> fucking killed. Light him up, boys! Oh, I completely KIA'd him, and then Pete's. Pete was very depressed after that. <laughs> combat that combat engineers in ASL are very good tr- troops just because they can throw smoke and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. They're good troops in general. So that's what I've been playing recently. Oh, and I've been playing awesome. uh, Next War India-Pakistan. Ralph. Oh. People might say, Next War India-Pakistan, that game's not even released yet. Well, Fancy, fancy. You must have a a wargaming connection. Maybe if you listen to Advanced After Combat and you join our guild, you can play games like this because we have the game and we played it. uh, I brag about Mitch like at least once a week. (laughs) Like, oh yeah, one of, you know, the the guy who did Next War Korea is in our guild. People are like, Sweet. Right. Exactly. I know. And then we have some other uh, developer guy who's in there too, named Ralph. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. But we have, we have Mike uh, Bertolucci Celli Chen Jensen. He's in the league. He's in our guild too. Bertolucci. 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 I almost said Bertolucci. Hey, we're Facebook friends, so. Mike B. Mike B mm-hmm. is a good guy. All right, so. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I've been playing. And if you talk to my wife, she'd say I've been playing. Oh, and I've also, I, my wife is correct in a way. Speaking of, yeah, 30 minutes. Beyond the Rhine, I'm playing a solo game of the Bolt scenario, but I'm not going to. I'll talk about that when I do my review. Hey, can we just go into reviews right now? So can I get that done with? Right. If you want to. So, uh, it's your world. Beyond there. the Rhine, uh, it's an OCS. So is this going to push Lucas over the edge? No. I would say for Lucas that... It does have a donkey counter. There's a donkey, and there's a weasel. 
No, it's a, and there's a weasel. It's a mechanical weasel. <laughs> it's not an actual giant weasel. But uh, it's, it's not Polly Shore. Yeah, so it's. Uh, I would okay. say if you're going to play OCS, this is maybe. Not. I feel like that deserved a laugh at least. Okay. Tyler, can you can't you no, can't you dub that in? <laughs> no, that would take that would take a word. Oh, Jason, give us a Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm trying to I'm trying to let me get myself together real quick after that hilarious. Okay, so uh, Beyond the Rhine is a uh, OCS game, but it's kind of like if you're a beginner. I don't know if this is going to be the one that you want to get because it's pretty expensive and. I don't know if the uh, basically it's going to cover the struggles in uh, Western Europe, northwest Northwest Europe, from September forty four to April nineteen forty five. So basically, as they're approaching the Rhine, so we're talking the bulge, maybe. So it's not beyond the Rhine. The Hurricane Forest. It's up up to the Rhine. Is what it should be. Yeah. Called. Well, I guess you're trying to get beyond the Rhine. So that's that's the idea. Oh, um, okay. That's the goal. You don't get the kind of same sweeping movements and and stuff that you might get in the East Front, where there's all this maneuver distance and terrain. So I was gonna, I'd say if you're going to be an OCS entrant, this is not really the game for you to get. Uh, the cool thing is, there's a there's a if you are an OCS guy, there's a ton of maps. There's even a bulge. There's a nine turn bulge game that has its own special map that you can set up. Which has a, a shit ton of counters, also, but it is like at least contained within one map sheet. So you can play out the Battle of the Bulge if you wanted. Uh, like a lot of great OCS games, it has a lot of optional rules, so you can kind of change history a little bit and see if that would change the way things happened. Um, I like it. It's a good OCS product. I think if you're an OCS fan, it's something you want to get uh, because it's going to sell out. So you and then you'll never see it again. So the scenarios, it's got a, a grand campaign, Fall of 44 Montgomery, Fall of 44 Bradley, Operation Queen, the Bulge campaign, A Time for Trumpets, which is the mini Bulge game, Nordwind, Enkampf campaign, Spring of 45 Montgomery, and Spring of 45 Bradley. So there's a ton of maps. There's a ton of uh, 2,200 counters. Uh, just a lot there. So 2,200. Wow. So it's a big game. So if you're already an OCS guy, you're going to buy it anyway. You don't need me to tell you to buy it. And if uh, you're not, I would suggest you maybe buy a different product, like like uh, Reluctant Enemy. Normandy 44. No. like If you want to buy an OCS one, though, I think Bald Ball oh, Gap, oh, I, I think, is a good one. Though don't buy the last one because I still have yet to buy it. I'm waiting for some kind of Veterans <laughs> Day sale or something. And if you buy the last one, seriously. Seriously, I'm talking to you, guy in your car, who's driving to work and thinking about getting into OCS. If you buy the last fucking copy of Baltic Gap, I'm really fucking pissed. From from which uh, retailer would that be? I don't know. Probably Cool Stuff, because now that's yeah. the other one. And it's probably a Canadian guy, too, so he's going to try to screw me over. He's going to buy it anyway. He's going to buy two. Fuck those Canadians. guys. Canadians. Hmm. I'm sorry. I know he won't mean it, because they're all sarcastic. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Insincere. That maybe that's more like it. Canadians are just insincere. I always think <laughs> they're really nice, and then later on I realize they're just mocking me. Yeah. 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 They're just being sarcastic. Like, yeah, we love all that gun control you guys have down in the U.S. I'm like, oh, thanks. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got me again. Scourge. You guys have the best healthcare system. I'm like, oh, you Canadians are so polite. 
<laughs> oh, you mock, you're mocking us. Okay, and the next product is uh, Crucible of Steel. Oh, you're yeah, done too? Real quick. That okay. was a quick one. No, you're good. Yeah, get this. All right, so uh, Crucible of Steel is an ASL product. For- Should I go higher on the next one? What? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> Bounding Fire Productions. Uh, it's a it's a third party production for ASL. Really good. Oh God, this is ASL. I'm gonna go get a drink. All right, the, it's a third party product, so they have really good production for ASL products. So it's Crucible Steel. It's available. It's 32 scenarios that you can get, and the scenario cards are really good. But it's based on Kursk, so all these scenarios are Kursk based. Uh, they had a bunch of map sheets that came. That a bunch of scenarios. They had a great magazine. They kind of, while it's also explaining kind of some of the stuff in the uh, the module itself, it says a walkthrough through Crucible of Steel. It's really well written, and I really like the uh, the journal that came with it. And uh, the cool thing was they also just gave you some general articles on like you know how to handle different things in ASL, like a, a primer. Uh, is it a prim- primer? Primer. I've heard primer. Is it, we're in the U.S. Yeah, at least that's what the. Nope. We don't speak British yeah. English here. That's British and. But Canadian. then they get a, they get a fortification primer, which they go over all the different types of fortification. So it's kind of really nice product. I mean, this is a nice magazine that they included with the product, and then they give, they give you a bunch of cool map sheets with a bunch of new terrain, like some villages that actually look like Russian villages, like all like mobbed together. And then they give you a bunch of pages for your uh, for your awesome ASL binder that we all have, and uh, and they talk about different kinds of units that would be used in uh, Kursk, like aircraft and different terrain that was at Kursk. And then the only weird thing I thought was, like when I actually looked at the counters that came with the game, uh, like okay, the first sheet is like Blood and Jungle. Okay, that's not this product. This sheet, uh, that's Blood and Jungle too. Also not this product. Uh, there's a lot of Blood and Jungle sheets. And I don't own Blood and Jungle. <laughs> it's kind of like... Yet. You don't own so it then in yet. the end I'm left... Oh, here's one and a half sheets of counters for me. For this hmm. game. Crucible of Steel. But they gave me like anti-tank hunting teams. Some sappers. SS guys. A bunch of SS tanks. And a bunch of, uh, uh, I guess, German vehicles that were maybe like like Soviet vehicles that were stolen to be German vehicles. So if you're an ASL guy, Crucible still is great. Uh, Pete and I are playing the scenarios. Uh, the scenario cards are full color, really nice. We're we're enjoying it. So, how much nice. did this set you back? I want to say like eighty five bucks, but it's worth it for thirty something. Yeah, scenarios. it was good. That's not bad at all. And like I got four four or five counter sheets, though they're for Blood and Jungle. Yeah. So now I guess I got to buy Blood and Jungle, but. So that's it. That's all I got. It's fun. Uh, we're enjoying it. We're, we're playing one of the uh, Crucible of Steel scenarios right now. And I lo- I'm a big Kursk fan. I love it. I love Kursk. Yes, you are. So, that, that was day that's one. My thing. All right. You said, I'm Dave. I like I'm Dave Kursk. Kursk. That's it. <laughs> Dave Kursk. All right, Jason, <clears throat> take it away. So I have 30 minutes to kill to put us over two hours. No, no. You want to be under. <clears throat> Under two hours. So I have 22 minutes. So first of all, I want to say Panthers, happy Father's Day. Panthers waiting. Happy, happy Father's Day. 
Happy Father's Day. Tyler, are you also a father? Um, only of dogs. Hmm. Well, well done. Thank you. How, it's how a lot, they're a lot cheaper, I'll tell you how much. Although I had to take them yes, to the vet. they are. How, how much sex did you have to have with dogs to have dog kits? How that <laughs> That's disgusting. And Jason, is it your birthday today? No. No? Sky, that's no. what Skype told me. It's his fake Skype birthday. <laughs> uh, uh, I have I have I have three internet birthdays and none of them are my real birthday. Because in I don't I don't tell people. That's like Ty Snowfer once emailed me. He's like, Hey, congratulations. Hey, happy birthday. I'm like, not my birthday. He's like not, like, nope. That's but I fake. thought it was. I'm like, yep. You're a mysterious man. <laughs> like, yep. I'm like, why would I tell everyone what my birthday is? Yeah. I, it's like, yeah, hey, happy that. social security number day. Can I have your social right, security exactly. number? <laughs> yep. That's just one less piece of information oh. I need. Wow. <clears throat> well, happy Skype birthday. Yeah, Thank Tyler, you. you idiot. That was so <laughs> <laughs> you guys are entirely too paranoid for me. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not paranoia. I just don't like people knowing. Women. Tyler, if we lived in a That's world true. run by dogs, yes, we could all tell each other what our birthdays were. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> we don't live in that perfect world. <laughs> Unfortunately, not yet. Anyway. One day, one day, I hope. One all right, day. Jason. Do you have, some, right, so you have something about... you'd like to contribute? Podcast. I guess. Very rarely. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Duel of Ages 2. Uh, this is, a, I would call it a skirmish level uh, adventure game, maybe? I mean, it's it's not really a war game, but it has some, some conflict to it. And it's a game I really like, so I'm going to talk about it. So it's in, individual counters uh, per person. And it's an adventure game, meaning you're, you're going out and you're trying to do stuff. It's It's structured as a fairly fairly typical turn structure um, but but part of the game is actually setting up the board there are these it's not a it's not a single map there are these platters that are uh, it's a hex grid in like a in a weird shape <clears throat> that has terrain on it and features and then into that you hook different bases and uh, what the game calls domes which are are where you uh, you teleport into the game so it's kind of has this science fiction element to it as you guys get get terribly silent. Oh no, I'm super excited. Um, this sounds awesome. I know. <laughs> I, I can I can just no, no. hear it. There's something cool. There's no this I, game, there's a really good friend who's really into this game. I'm actually listening intently. This uh, this game it might not be super serious. I, you guys really kind of I'm waiting I'm waiting for Tyler to draw first the, blood. <laughs> you, you guys brought it with all the World War II stuff, but but this is just a silly kind of fun science fiction game. I've heard good things about it. I'm backing you up, Jason. I'm backing you up. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. So, Duel of Ages 1 was a game from, I think, the, the middle 90s that, that came out with a bunch of expansions and, and then went out of print fairly quickly. And was, was out of print for a long time. So, Duel of Ages 2 came out, um, I think, last year or the year before. Um, and there's there's a basic set, which is um, kind of the base game that you need to play, and it has a certain number of characters and a certain number of maps, <clears throat> and there's plenty of game in there. But then there's also the master set, which is $100. The base game, I think, is 50 
and then you buy one expansion that's really like six expansions rolled into one, and it has a shit ton of stuff in it. Um, but in the basic game is, is basically what I'm going to be talking about. <clears throat> you have characters kind of through time and space. You have characters like Pocahontas. Um, I don't know if she's actually a character, but... Um, and then space aliens. I mean, you from... could have picked a more macho character, Jason. Than Pocahontas? It doesn't get more macho <laughs> it, than Pocahontas. It's, like, you can pick Joan of Arc. Like, yeah. Um, she's she's in there. She's in there. Uh, Kit Carson oh, is, is in there. Um, is Pocahontas uh, actually a character? No. No, I don't think so. She's made that up by... But there is there is like a Native American female guide character. <laughs> so all these characters through time and space, and there's like modern day monsters. They were worried about copyright to, issues. They're like, yeah, yeah Pocahontas is the yeah, actress. Yeah. So, some some are historical, some are fictional. Um, there's like you know space aliens and and droids and stuff from the future. Right. Space, but all these space, space, space aliens. Marines. No, that's, no, that's, that would be copyrighted. Uh, yeah. That that would get people in trouble. But so all these characters have like a backstory on their card, and and they have there's um I don't know like sixteen stats on on each card. Holy shit! Things from right. So each character has a chit, and then associated with that is mm-hmm. a card, and the card has all the information on it. Uh, so the way the game works is you get dealt a certain number of characters, and it's <clears throat> what I really like about the game. This is going to be really all over the place. What I like about the game is it's really flexible. You can have basically any number of characters per side. You can have any number of map platters per side. So it's really flexible for the for the amount of um, you know work you want to put into the game, the amount of time you want to put into each specific playthrough. So you get dealt a number of characters, um, and there's a bunch of different ways that you can get the characters. The basic one is just to deal them out. There's also a draft. You can also, you know, do all sorts of weird stuff to get your characters. But you get, you get the characters in your hand, and you look at them, and, and you kind of decide, okay, this is the kind of strategy I want. There's there's a couple different types of strategies. Um, there's adventuring. Um, there's a strategy called tank, um, bra- uh, brawler, or bruiser. Um, and there, it, you kind of base it on the different Oops. types of characters you get in your hand. Um, Uh-oh. We have an audio problem. So, is that just... I think he's just making noises. <clears throat> so, uh, we, I, I, I don't know me? about Tyler, but I just lost you for about 15 seconds. Yeah. Maybe that's okay. Yeah, I, I did too. I was rambling. That's all right. Yeah, so we just lost. So, want to so... clap there so you can delete that part? Because it was bad. That was not good. Right, this now, it, it might have been uh, actual divine intervention to get you to stop. Maybe going. Skype <laughs> fell asleep on me. So you, get, so you get some characters in your hand, right? And so you look at them and you decide, okay, this is a type of game. So when you say do a draft, can I get like Clayton Kershaw to be one of my heroes or no? <laughs> I don't know who that is. Oh my God. Come on, Dodgers! So, so when I when I say draft, what I mean is, okay, so we're going to play with eight characters each. So you get dealt four, I get dealt four, and then we put eight characters on the table. You get to pick one, I get to pick one, you get to pick one, so on, until we have eight, eight characters. And they have 16 characteristics? Yep. yep. Which which isn't terribly important right now. So you look at the, the, the type of characters you have in your hand, and then you get to set up the map. Um, 
<clears throat> the map setup goes, you know, you pick one of these platters to place down, and then you put two of these, what they call keys, which are these kind of triangular pieces that fit into the map. <clears throat> and they're bases and what the game calls labyrinths or domes, which are what you teleport into. So you finally get the map set up. It's all good to go. Um, the person with the character with the highest respect stat is... is that's that's is one of the, the 16. That's one of the 16. Now it's a little crown. Now, the, the, so the scales are, are one through... One through nine, I believe. Now, so, so, or zero so nine, nine is like super high. Nine is super so high. So like, are they all, so for respect, are like one through four because they're already in this like ridiculous game, so the highest they can get. <laughs> <laughs> no, like they're, like they're high zero, seems to me to be like four or like three and a half. No, this no. There's there's mad respect. Who's respecting them? <laughs> every every everybody is like you'd be like, hey dude, bad news. You got selected to be in Duel of Ages. So making the game sound super ridiculous because I'm trying to explain it. He's in like, a serious way. but hey hey, eventually Roland, Julius Caesar. I know you're a big hero, but bad news. You're in Duel of Ages. He's like, see, oh dude, that's gonna kill my respect there. characteristic. <laughs> Do you have any ability to? I, I'm I'm being serious here. Like, um, I don't know if you played Arkham Horror, but is there any ability to like modify any of your statistics, or are they on a scale or anything like that? Yes, you can't. You can't. Modify. Jason, okay, can you're all locked you, in. So, can you name all sixteen characteristics, please? I can. I can. Speed, health, wits, melee, power, damage, aim, point, throw, react, stealth, armor, strength. Intellect, honor, and respect. What's point? So I'm going to get into that. <laughs> I felt so right in his So eventually you're going to get all these guys on the map and you're going to be doing all sorts of different stuff. So the game turn works in you get a free action. So some characters may say during your free action do this. Or you might get an, get a, get a, an object that says during free action do this. And then you get to do that. And then there's fire, so you can shoot. That's that's ranged combat for for the war game set. <clears throat> if you fire, you don't get to move because all of this is happening very quickly. Even though it takes a long time during the game, or not a long time, but it takes you know a turn during the game. So you can either fire, and you can fire during the fire action, or you can move, and then you move per your speed of your character. And then you get opportunity fire for the for the other team, and then you get to melee. If if you end your movement in with another character, you melee. And the melee is either um, the the it's it's basically melee against uh, melee. So uh, whoever ha you, you do your melee against your opponent's uh, react, and then you. You would draw, or you would uh, roll dice in the old game, and this you just draw a card, much like Combat Commander, which we didn't talk about during this game. But there, there's a um, what is it called? There's a challenge deck that has all the die rolls for you. So there's no dice in this game; it's all dice. I just want to say I think Combat Commander is a wonderful game, and I, I think I think it anybody who likes this very reasonable guy. This uses a, People who this play Combat Commander are not the kind of people that would try to stab someone in the hallway or lure them into a dark room <laughs> and then assassinate them. I think it's great. At Consum World. Yeah, right. At Consum World. They, wouldn't, they would never do that. It's great. They would never do that. So so much like that game, you draw this for for the combat results, for the die rolls. So 
<clears throat> what the game does is, you know, it will tell you very specifically, and the, all the player rates in this game are very well laid out. It all makes a lot of sense. So melee is your, your melee against the other person's react, and that will give you a plus or minus modifier. And then you draw a card, and that will tell you if the attacker is better by 0 or 1 through X or X through Y. This is the result based on this card draw. If the defender's better, same kind of thing. So it will tell you if you hit, if you if you don't hit, that kind of thing. So basically you just run around and fight each other. You run around and fight people, but you also get to run around in an adventure. Do you so have like servants, the, like minions that go do your things for you? You can. You can have henchmen. You can have creatures. You can have robots that you sick on other characters. Um, Is... the, the adventuring gives you eventually more and more cards. So you get things like satchel charges. You get things like velociraptors. You get things like death boxes that you can sick on things. And that's where the game really starts to shine. Is the goal uh, just player elimination, or are you competing for an objective? It's both. So of there course are it is. Awarded. Of course it's both. <laughs> I, can, I, can sl- I can slow down, Dave. We could be here all night. It's both. So there's there's it's it's basically there there are two teams in the game, right? So one character will will either get a plus or minus based on a certain number of things. So one of the one of the plus or minuses is based on adventuring. So the different labyrinths in the game, you can either you, you can gain points through those things by adventuring in them and being successful. <clears throat> uh, the game, the, the characters and the and the maps and the adventuring is broken into four ages. There's a there's ancient, colonial, modern, and future. So you can gain points in all four of those things. Um, you get points on having more characters still alive. You get points for having the other your your opponent's characters in your prison. Um, so it's 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 very chaotic because things change very rapidly. You can do something, you can go through a, a challenge, and it will say, you know, banish one of your opponents, which means you get to draw a card and put them in a random dome all over the map. It's it's crazy. It's crazy, but it's super fun. Um, characters all through time and space, like I've said a thousand times. Um, it's you know, man on my combat. You, you you can set up traps for your opponent. You can get a guy set up on a cliff who has a crossbow that can see like 13 hexes away. You know, any of your your opponents that cross your line of sight, you're going to take them out. Stuff like that just makes this game super fun. It's not super serious. It's not historic at all. It's just a ton of fun. Okay. A ton all of fun. Right. Ton I, of I fun. just want to say, uh, Jason, I love you very much. You're the best. It's a lot of fun. You're the best. Uh, and based on that review, uh, anybody who's out there listening, you shouldn't feel shy at all about just coming out and admitting that you like to play games because that game is pretty out there. <laughs> so, it's out so there. Like, it is way out there. It is on the fringes. Yeah, you like of, pushing blocks around because... and fighting Germans versus Russians. Hey, that's nothing compared to what Jason's playing. That's nothing <laughs> compared to this is so so what I like to do is 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 pair, you know, books with some of the games I'm playing. 
this would be like the Hunger Games or Battle Royale. It's that kind of just get in an arena, blow shit up, kill people. It's it's not serious at all. It's just fun. And Campbell and I are going to play this at Console wow. World. And Dave, you can uh, suck it. I'm going to watch. All right, so uh, you should watch. I'm I'm going to hit up my buddy Tim to give it a go. It's so he's, much fun. He's a big fan. He's a big fan. It's it's a lot. Some of beers. Fun. As many as you want to drink. I mean, it's not, you know, you can't take this super seriously. Basically, you can give it like 10 um, stars. Yeah, so, so like we'll, give it, we'll give it, we'll give it 12 beers and I'll give it a, I'll give it a nine. If you, I if, love if you could make babies with this game, you would be making babies with this game. You love this game. I would make, I would make six <laughs> babies for every age in this game. <clears throat> I would give up my game room for this game. Okay, so we are. So hey, fuck Tyler. It Tyler's does solo. Well. One fifty-four. Oh, I okay. I've played it solo. It's on my YouTube page. It's it's fun even solo. You just forget what the other player has in their hand. It's all right. So uh, we get ASL minute. Oh Jesus oh, Christ! All right. Do we want to do it? Or do you want to skip? Right, we'll no, skip go up. for it. You yeah, Jason, that's show. Fun. If you, no, Jason, it's you're responsible for skipping the ASL Minute and getting everybody off the set. Lucas will be upset. Right. Go ahead. So this is the ASL Minute, uh, and there's going to be a little thing, they say. So uh, should I do Connery or should I do Hulhauser? Wait, if oh. if the podcast goes over two hours, will your wife still no, be No, I think we'll be okay, but I mean, we, we need okay. to be close to two hours, I think. I mean, we're at 155, right? So. Yep. All right. I so think you got to go fuel. Fuel, Okay. Brought to you by Lucas Stonewall Brooks. <laughs> so, all right. Well, do you need Pocahontas to sell? No, I'm here to talk to you about smoke. It's a hindrance. It's amazing. You'll shoot it. You'll shoot through smoke, and yet smoke it will still block your line of fire. This is an ASL rule. Smoke's a big problem. But the interesting thing about smoke is it's hard to shoot into, but it's even harder to shoot out of. So if smoke yeah. is a plus one or a plus two, it's one extra plus if you're going to try to shoot out of it. So if you're in a plus two smoke, it's going to be a plus three smoke for the guy in the smoke to shoot at someone else. Smoke That's is, amazing. Smoke is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that dog eats avocados. That's incredible. <laughs> so the other amazing thing about smoke is you can throw smoke. So units can have a little smoke number on them, and then they can throw smoke. It's two movement factors into another hex or one movement factor into their own hex. It's incredible. So by throwing the smoke, they roll 1d6, and they can see if they make their roll. But they still lose those movement factors after they do the die roll. But you might have some units that are really good, like combat engineers. They have a 5 or less on a 1d6 to throw smoke. So as you can imagine, they are pretty incredible at throwing smoke. Oh, God, this accent worse than after a while. The other problem... You found my Duel of Ages 2 review. The other problem... 
So units can fire smoke also, but when they fire it, if they roll higher than the smoke number, but they're out of smoke for the rest of the game. Some types of units have no smoke. Soviets don't have any smoke unless they have sappers. So that's pretty incredible. And this is the ASL Minute. That squirrel is water skiing. <laughs> wow. Is that straight from the rules, or do you write that down? Uh, I had to take – well, I wrote it from my own knowledge because I, I drank about uh, three something-somethings before this, and I said, oh, shit, I can do the ASMR. So, But we had just done smoke last night in our game, so I kind of remembered it. I don't know why, why. You always ask me these questions. Why do you ask me that question? Because I want to like, know. Inquiring I don't know how much research. Know. It's not competitive, Jason. No. no do you think I, I'm doing more research than you are? <laughs> God bless you if you are. I'm not, uh, <laughs> because it didn't sound like you were reading from the rules. No, I, I did not. want to make sure I, that I, that's I, not I think reading from the rules is – I've tried that where I just pull a page out of the ASL book. That's too hard. But like – yeah, I gotta say you're good. You're good so with playing, playing person, games with Dave is is wonderful person, because Dave rocks all this person, shit. Dave gets it in his head and it stays there and he can pull it up. Me, I read the rules. I'm like, okay, there are rules to this game. I will House eventually have to. Accent is awesome, but I gotta tell you, like even and even my Sean Connery is good, but man, when I'm on a podcast, it's <laughs> it's so bad. I can't control it. No, that's not that's point. So bad. But I don't know if that matters. So because the whole thing is bad. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm done, bros. Yeah, you should probably go. We're at um, two hours. Right Tyler, now. great hey. job, buddy. Hey, thanks. Thanks for well having done, me, gentlemen. Thanks hey. for letting me ramble. Yeah, and you know, you know something I've noticed. Uh, I don't know if this has anything to do with. Uh, you could probably cut it off at this point if you wanted to record, but. Um, nope. When someone's talking, if I mute my mic, I notice there's less fade. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost as if the feed has a problem having three guys actively on. So you could mute your mic and then you can mute it and unmute it if you want to say something. I, I have a feeling kind of looking at the way it's been working with the sound that if you mute when the other guy's talking, it's, it's much clearer. Because the fate only seems to happen when three people are all live at the same time. Interesting. That might not even be true, but I kind of noticed that when I would mute while you were talking, there would be no fade problems. I love love a good drunken theory. Well, there you go. So, I like like it. All right, fellas. So, what's what's our ETA, Jason? Uh, um, Probably an hour or so. Nice. I like that. You yeah, you do have that you have like a ten second blurb of like nothing which came through and at some point yeah yeah I wrote that down I'll have to cut yeah. that out you're the best well well actually it's recording locally for me but I should probably cut it out because I reset that stuff shit and now we're just rehashing stuff so we should probably go <laughs> all right. All right. bye boys well, enjoy the concept world you guys all right man we will thank you sir we're gonna have such a good all time right, take care. enjoy your normal life don't don't get stabbed we'll by Rick. You. I won't. Alright, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye, guys. Visit us at http slash boardgamegeek.com slash build slash 1660 or contact us at advance after combat at gmail.com.
Yo, what's happening, man? Yo, they trying to come down on the ATO when we speak. They say we on the negative too. What's up? Now I'ma kick away our style that's smooth and unusual. It's from above the law, so see it's crucial. High beats are kicking and ripping yo with a funky touch. It's done the roof, that's right, so see it's too much. D-O-P-E, please don't misdefine it. That's the way that I live and that's the style of my rhyme. That's on time just like your watch keeps sticking. KMG. On my side so that my knowledge keeps sticking. Now what's really known as a radio cut when you can't say shit and you can't say fuck? I really think you want to hear it. But the radio station, you see, they still gonna fear it. Yo, I thought this country was based upon freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of your own religion to make your own decision. That's baloney. Cause if I gotta play by your rules, I'm being phony. Yo, I got the cater to this person and that person. I got the rhyme for the white or the black person. Why can't it all be equal? Music is a universal language for all people. I better get off the rebelous tip before somebody out the Sam's starting to slip. I ain't tripping. I'm steadily flowing and throwing, giving you a dope style. Me on top of the pile, cause ATL is gonna take over the nation. And if you don't wanna hear us, we'll change the station. But we'll sneak in your mind, sink in your mind, creep up behind so fast that you won't have time to deny a brother that's from the streets, trying to teach, hoping to reach. Yo, 187's not one that's known to preach, but I wish for each to have freedom of speech. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. They'll milk to make it understood. They make it cool so that it tastes real good. Too, to see you fall right in it. Your mind's small. They beat you like infants, like children. They bring you along. They say we're wrong for making a rap song. But ATL, I hit you straight up jam after jam. Long as we say what we won't make our snaps, we don't give a damn. Those that want to sell out need to get the fuck out the business. Cause they ain't doing nothing but bluffing. Me, I get wild every rhyme I release. Whether I talk about violence or talk about peace. That happens is exciting when people are living low and don't know where they can go. But peace, I think we all want peace, but it's too much to face and it's too far to reach. Whether I say my rhyme fast, slow, sloppy, and neat, see, I wish when I do it to have freedom of speech. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press. Now, if they ban me, I don't give a fuck. Chalk it up and experience. Yeah, bad luck. Because I'm balling. Dr. Dre, EZE, the G O M A C K, Tony.
told chaos house and things Rufus in the motherfucking house Yo, to my homie D.O.C. And Laylaw with the clout And we out, 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 and we out